Mom is sitting across the table for me. My name is Mike Richardson, and you're listening to Upstream Following Jesus. Hi, folks. I want to start today's podcast out by reading Philippians chapter 1, verse 15. Some indeed preach Christ, even of envy and strife, and some also out of goodwill. Now, Matt, for your listeners, I used to be a pastor of a church for about a dozen years, and you still are a pastor of how many years? I don't even know. Oh, almost 20 now. 20, wow, okay. More than that, maybe 20. It's almost 30, almost 30. Wow, wow, wow time <laughs> goes by. But I remember at a time, when you, especially when you're first starting out in the church, that, I mean, you're struggling you know, with the crowd size, you got all the struggles of a brand new church, and then you're looking at the church that's been here for 100 years, yeah, and yeah, yeah. all the cars are in the parking lot, and they've got all these programs, they've got big money and all this kind of stuff, and you almost get to the point of a little bit of jealousy, a little bit of why can't I have that, a little Not bit a little of envy. Bit. Not a little <laughs> but I remember one time, um, we were in Ellisville, of course, a little church that I was having, it was called The Place, and the big church on the hill, which is the biggest church in Ellisville, is Ellisville Christian Church. And they contacted me and Matt, they wanted to partner with us and they didn't want anything other than the fact that they just wanted us to come alongside of them and help them in this August outreach that they did every year. And we did that for three or four years. Very good. And they broke down those walls where, you know what, I'm not jealous of you because, you know, you're doing the right stuff. And so I got to ask you, Matt, in this podcast, have you ever been to that point when you started Exodus Church that you were just, I mean, got that little jealous bone going on you? Well, I'll just say it's not just in the starting of Exodus Church. I've been a pastor of that church for 20 years (laughs) You still have it. But the passage you read, you know, it's true that some preach Christ out of envy, and your version says strife, some say rivalry. Mm -hmm. Some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry. And I I like that, but of course not me. Yes. I don't do that. But but I think the reality is uh, most pastors, and I'm not just speaking to pastors, I think people know what I'm talking about. Most of us probably struggle with envy more than we realize. And and if you're like me, envy was not on your top 10 sin lists, you know, 15 <laughs> years ago. Somebody gave me a book once about envy, and I read it and I thought, oh, wow. Because envy is the feeling you have when someone else in your same domain is more successful than you are. Ooh. So as a pastor, of course, Ooh. if a church is bigger than mine, but envy is the feeling you have when it's a negative feeling when somebody is having success more than you are so you could be a businessman could be in your marriage whatever envy is wanting what somebody else has mm. so I thought but then I, I realized how much that becomes part of me and so I got I got three stories about this one too three different stories of pastoral envy and these aren't all in the first years <laughs> of my pastor I've been a pastor for 30 years so this all uh, this was probably just a few years ago so it was probably in you know years 28 29 okay pastor. all right Here's the first one. I get in the morning and read the paper, the local paper, and one of the headline articles is about this generous act that one of our local churches did. And it was an incredible act of generosity. They paid off they paid off medical bills or something like that. Oh, wow. And it was like, wow, it was highlighted. And, and 
And for some reason, it was 6.15 in the morning, and some reason, my first reaction was I felt angry. And I was like, wait a minute, why am I angry? And I had to stop and say, okay, God, why am I angry at reading about this? I know this church. It was probably one of the faster-growing churches in our town. Okay. They're known for being kind of hip and modern, and they do really things do things really well. And I, and I was angry at their generosity. And I thought, wait a minute, I'm, I'm angry at the generosity. And then I thought... Oh no, it's righteous indignation. They do things wrongly, and I should, you know, that's why yeah, they shouldn't be. But then I realized that uh, no, I was just feeling envious that they were getting promotion that I hadn't gotten. And then I and and I started thinking, oh, I got, I got to figure out some way not to like this church because I, they're getting some notoriety and they're getting growth that I don't get in our church. But then again, I realized, you know, I know people who go to that church. There's one of the, one of the pastors there actually became a Christian under my ministry. I know a woman who shared with me and with tears in her eyes how that church helped her through a deep issue of forgiveness in her life. And I thought, okay, I can either be upset that they get all this notoriety and they're growing, or I can come to the conclusion of I think the spirit of God is in that place. Yeah, and that's like I thought the spirit of God is in that place. So, I, I, it, they do great things at that church. So that was one. Just this newspaper article where this church got all this promotional flea publicity, and they were already growing anyway. And I thought, <laughs> why do they get it? So that was one. Second time, second one was I had lunch with a, a pastor. So there's a pastor in a church in our town that's largest evangelical church uh, by far. Their senior pastor was retiring. He'd been there for what forty years? Something. Oh like yes, that. exactly. Right. So I had a chance to meet the new pastor, and uh, I, I don't know why, but going into the lunch, my first thought was, why him? Because the new pastor was, I don't know, 10, 20 years younger than me, never pastored a large church before. And in my mind, he was being handed this leadership on a silver plow. Like, why does he get this church of X thousand people when I'm, you know, in my mind, I have more education than him. I'm more experienced than him. I think I know better. And so I went into the lunch if I'm honest with myself, I was trying to find something not to like about this guy. Correct, yeah. Because that would justify my feelings of being upset. Like, why him? Why does he get this God and mm-hmm. not me? So I tried initially not to like him. I was kind <laughs> of the conversation. But in the conversation, I mean, I didn't I didn't do anything mean or anything. No, of course and if not. If he was either. here, he, he probably doesn't even remember the lunch. But I do. And I, by the end of the lunch, I thought, this guy is humble. He's gracious. He's encouraging. He loves Jesus. He had been in some horrible situations before as a pastor right. and that, that were not easy, but God then placed him in this church. And I thought, he's gracious. He's humble. He's encouraging. He loves Jesus. Surely the spirit of Jesus is in this man. So that kind of helped me kind of, instead of envying him, and I'll just say it, I was envying him, just like I was envying the church that got the free press. Right. Then right. I realized, you know, but the spirit of Jesus is in them, and I'm not going to envy them. So the, the last story was this. So I pastor a church, and, you know, as churches go, churches get bigger, they get smaller, they get bigger, they get smaller. And ours was going through the phase of getting smaller, primarily because some were leaving to go to another church that, for some reason, was a pipeline from our church, you know. <laughs> there was nothing wrong going on. It's just right. field it's market just, for leaving to go to that right. church. So there yeah. was one Sunday where after I left our church, I thought, I'm going to drive by where they meet, and I'm going to see how many cars they have. Were you looking for any particular cars or just going to no, count I the was numbers? Yeah. counting numbers like David was counting troops when he wasn't wow. supposed to in the Old Testament. Gotcha. And Because I, I wanted to know, are they being successful? And so as I started going that route, I, God did bring to mind the time where David in the Old Testament counted troops when God didn't want him to. And Correct. I think part of the reason was David was trying to ascertain his own degree of success and God's like that's not that's not how you're gonna find success right 
So as I was driving to where this church was going to meet, God thwarted me graciously, and I had realized I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to, I can't do that. Because I know people at that church. I know they're committed to Jesus. I know they're committed to the Bible. And I know the spirit of Jesus in that place. But yet I was, envy was raging at the door. Yes. And so, you know, it, you know, Paul, like the passage you read, Paul says, some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry out of this sense of competition. And the fact that Paul says it means that probably does happen more than we want to admit. Some preach Christ out of pure motives, and and I I think that's what I do most of the time, and I think most pastors do. But I think if we're dishonest about the envy we have about how other churches can grow or not grow or whatever, I think part of the, the... of the, how we grow past this is just acknowledging, yeah, we struggle with that. Whether you're a pastor or whether you're a housewife, a businessman or whatever, we struggle with wishing we had something somebody else yes, had. Yes, yes. And so uh, so Paul actually says, uh, or no, Peter actually says that we should, we should get rid of all evil behavior and be done with envy. So then it's like, oh, how do I be done with this? Because there's always going to be a church bigger than mine, more money than mine better preacher than I do better music so I'm always but then I realized you know what Uh, if Peter says I can be done with envy there must be ways I can be done with it and the first way is you got to acknowledge that's a struggle for you I think most pastors struggle with that nobody wants to admit it because it sounds so ungodly so well uh, but envy is a big issue it is a big issue and I can't help and this is not a justification don't misunderstand but I can't help but think it's the Americanized version of church that we have grown up with that I think breeds that. But it must have also been the, the way of church was in Paul's day. Oh, I agree. They because they, about it. But they, they but had it right. as well. We just, we're just copying the dysfunction of the early just, church. Exactly. And, <laughs> and I, you know, it's because we measure success on a scale. There's no way to... There's no way for us to measure success in people's hearts. Are they truly growing in Christ? That's a slow process, Matthew. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. you don't know. And you can't, you don't want to pluck up the potato out of the ground to see if it's growing. And the, that's the same thing when, when we're preaching Christ and we want to know if people are internalizing and their souls are changing down inside, the roots are going deeper. There's no way to gauge There's that. There's no scoreboard to look There's at. There's not. There's no score. So we look at the scoreboard of A, B, and C, <laughs> attendance, buildings, cash. And there you go. And that's and what we do. The churches have a better score than I do, than I feel. And it, it gets to even the, 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 the self, uh, kind of the pastor self image yes. security where I find my identity. And, and again, this is not just pastors, but everybody who's listening to this knows what I'm talking about. We, we, we compare. We do, we do. And I guess in some respect it can motivate you, I suppose, if you're, you know, if you get to the point where you're phoning it in, you know, and your heart's not really there, and then you start looking around why you're not success, so successful, that, I mean, that might be a challenge, but you're not talking about that. You're talking about just looking at that and comparison and, all right, so when this pastor says some preach of envy and strife, my goodness, if this is the true motives of what we're doing in our churches on Sunday morning, it, can we say it's no wonder why our churches, I mean, are yeah. struggling? And I think part of it is because we're not willing to acknowledge that we do struggle with envy and strife and rivalry. But So I, I think most of the time, most pastors I know preach out of their motive for want to serve Christ. Yeah. But I think sometimes our motives, I know mine can, can be kind of tainted by envy and the fact that the bible talks about envy in a lot of different ways it must be real if it if they if, if peter and paul talk about it and so so envy can be a really dangerous thing um one of the things uh, i read a book once it was really good for me because it made me realize that envy can be a real block 
to what what God wants to do in the community. And here's my here's my example of that. So let's say that if uh, a church you go to starts having this revival, the Holy Spirit really is doing something there. But if I haven't dealt with envy in my heart, and neither has 50 other pastors in town, we're not going to be excited about that. We're going to find reason to criticize it because we wish it happened at our church first. Of course. So the Holy Spirit starts to move in one church. Other pastors who haven't dealt with honestly with the issues of envy or insecurity, we then throw all kinds of water on that fire. And the Holy Spirit's like, why would I start a revival at this church in this town if the rest of the pastors are just going to snuff it out yeah. with their envy? So... I'm starting to realize my envy is a block to what the Holy Spirit wants to do in my town, Bloomington, Indiana. Right. Because if God wants to start a revival at your church or this church or that church, if envy blocks me from being supportive and figure out ways to fuel the fire of what God's doing, then the Holy Spirit doesn't get moved toward the goal line. He gets pushed backwards. So when we finally, if we can deal with envy, again, not just in our churches, in our marriages, in our families, whatever, envy is a huge clog to the flow of the Holy Spirit in our life. But you know, I'm listening to this, Matt, because all of us have done some kind of comparison, like you said, either our job, our income, our, our spouse, our marriage, our church, our whatever, fill in the blank, whatever your thing is. And so... Anybody that's sitting across the table or they're listening to this and thinking, well, yeah, that's easy for you to say because you're successful. Because nobody nobody wants to buy a book, Matt, of someone who's an utter failure on yeah. the, the the idea of how to get rid of envy when they're, they haven't overcome themselves. So anybody who's going to try to tell me how to overcome envy and strife is because they've already overcome it. You're now successful. I haven't. I haven't. Uh, I- I would not count myself successful. You saw the statistics from our church and what the trend has been like in the last couple of years. You don't know how much I question my own success. And it makes, yes. me, it makes me over and over again make sure I re- define my success as to how Jesus sees me and not how the scoreboard tells me. Because the scoreboard is a dangerous thing. It because is. the scoreboard of money, status, numbers in your church, or again, even if you're not a pastor, whatever scoreboard you're looking at to find your self-worth probably is not the scoreboard that Jesus, because Jesus gives you worth apart from that. So I don't consider myself successful in the in the way of the American church, but I, I, I do believe that God is pleased with what I'm doing in my own life and ministry. But that's a hard place to get to, and I've only gotten there because I've been willing to acknowledge, Jesus, I've got envy in my heart, Peter, tell me in scripture I can be done with it. I want to be done with it. Yes. And so yes. like one of the things my, my wife and I, and I think I mentioned this to you before, Mike, I, one of my, my wife and I, we send uh, a third of our tithe check every month to a different church in Bloomington. We've done this for almost 20 years. It was wow. something we started. I don't know why we even started it. It was, I think we, but that has been an antidote to envy for me because when I put a check in the mail to send to XYZ Church. When they clearly have more money than your church. they have more money, buildings, <laughs> yeah. popularity, right. whatever, uh, there's something in my heart that gets uh, softened. Yes. And I drop that check in the mail and I think, you know, because your, your, your heart follows your money. Scripture talks about that. Your heart and your money are connected. If my money goes in the mail and goes to this church down the road that maybe has had a big blast of baptisms or growth or they have a brand new pastor who's really charismatic... But my money goes there, my heart goes there too, and I say, you know, Jesus, I'm for them as long as they're Christ-centered. Yes, they trust right. the Bible, and uh, so there's things. There's that, that's a habit my wife and I have done for years to do that, just because it helps me break 
the stronghold of envy because I do love the body of Christ in Bloomington. I love any church that has Jesus at the center and trusts the Bible. And so that's, that's a habit we've done for years now. And again, some churches are harder to send to than others, especially <laughs> if I know their budget's 10 times ours or if I know if the pastor I think is more egotistical than I am or I, whatever it is. Right, but, right, but right. But in the end, if I believe the spirit of Christ is in the pastor and in those churches, our money goes there because my heart goes there. Yes. God's done a great job work in me of, of dissolving it. I still struggle with it. It's like a lot of sins. You still, it still wants to rear its head. I still want to go car car somewhere. Of I course. still want to look at somebody's promotional. You know, I don't even like looking on church websites anymore because our websites always make us look tremendous. Yeah. But, <laughs> but the issue there is be honest about those issues in your heart. Bring it to Jesus and he will show you how to kind of, how to, how he can help that dissolve so your heart will be open and full and free flowing for the Holy Spirit in your life. Man, that is an excellent word, man. I'm hoping there's some pastors that are actually listening to this and not just some lay people like me, man, because this has been a real challenge to me, man. All right, final word, 30 seconds. What do you tell the person that really is struggling? Uh, do they start giving money to some people? You know what I mean? What's the first step of dropping that envy out of your heart? I think the first step is first step is just admitting just it. Just admitting it. Uh, maybe yes. you didn't write it on a, maybe I, I've told the field, I write a letter to God that you, that you only you only. Read and you admit that I struggle with envy. Yes. I struggle with this, God, and help me with this. And then trust the Holy Spirit to tell you what to do that the will dissolve steps. the envy from your heart, whether it's sending people checks or gift cards or that. And that's not the, that's not a biblical thing. It's just what God told us to do. But maybe there's other ways. Maybe you pray for those other churches. Pray for other people that you envy and ask God to help you dissolve the envy in your heart so you can have a full, open soul for the Holy Spirit to bring peace and joy, not only in your life, but through your life to those people that you currently envy. Outstanding. Once again, thanks for listening to Upstream, Following Jesus, the podcast of Exodus Church in Bloomington. Hey, we'll see you next time. 